0: you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him.
1: Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information.
2: From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious,
3: it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back
0: to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. so good to be on with you on this Wednesday, January the 11th, 2023. Praise be to God. A Cardinal George Pell has passed away, 81 years old. We're going to talk about his life, his legacy, some of the, uh, the goods, the bads, you know, the ups and the downs, all that coming up at 15 past the hour. Do join us if you can. And then coming up at 35 past the hour, Isabel Vaughn Spruce is going to be on our program. Now, you probably don't recall her name. But you might recall that there was a woman who was arrested just a few weeks ago for praying silently in front of a closed abortion clinic in the UK. And she was arrested for that. Thought crime is a thing. 1984 has come to pass in the UK. And she joins us at 35 past the hour to talk about that. Uh, David L. Gray is back on the program at the top of the next hour. U.S. adults split on companies taking political social stances. You know, most of your your companies these days have to stand for something. They can't just they can't just be about their like their their service, their product, their business. They have to be about social justice. That's coming up at the top of the next hour. Lots of stories in the news, of course. Archbishop Dennis Schooner, Schooner, I don't even have how to say his name correctly. Well, anyway, he's from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Don't worry, he is clamping down on those ad-oriented masses going on in his diocese, putting an end to the use of the high altar once and for all. Thanks, Archbishop, for saving the world. Hey, a green comet is going to be seen in the sky for the first time since the Stone Ages. Uh, you can see that. I think it's February 1st. You can start looking up. That'd be kind of cool. I always love seeing that stuff. A major cyclone is set to hit the U.S. state of California again. Uh, There's already been 17 people who've lost their lives in the storms in California. Pray for those people suffering through all of that in California. And here's some good news again. Praise be to God. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has finally put an end, rescinded the vaccine mandate for U.S. military and National Guard service men and women. Praise be to God. It's about time, uh, Secretary. It's about time. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And I hope he reinstates
4: all of those servicemen and women who were ousted for refusing to take... Nope. Uh, they don't get their this, jobs back. Yeah, they don't get it. They don't get it yeah. with back pay. Nope. Mm-mm. In fact, they are backpedaling on this because they're having a hard time recruiting people.
0: <laughs> yeah, think?
4: So, yeah. Uh, you know, bad ideas. They usually mm-hmm. have bad consequences.
0: They do. They do.
3: Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. And guess what? What? Guess what day it is? It is Wednesday. Wednesday. It is Wednesday, <laughs> yeah! and which happens to be uh-huh. a day within the octave of the Epiphany. So we're still celebrating the day of the Epiphany.
0: The day of the Epiphany. And then cue, are your uh, are your are your Christmas lights still up? By the way.
3: Um, Ours are yeah, having your like Christmas lights up would imply <laughs> that we put them up to begin with. Um, are you, I'm sorry, are you Catholic? So I forgot to ask. I'm sorry. Our Christmas yeah. tree still oh, up? Oh, okay. Well, good. But, Joe,
4: he's a traditionalist. He uses
3: candles. Uh, on right? The tree to right, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hundred percent. Total fire hazard. I'm not a modernist like you. <laughs> using what? LED Electricity? Lights. What is this? By the way,
0: church law has no prescription on el- the use of electric lights in churches. You you can use as much electric light as you wish in at mass by the way candles however are regulated but not electric lights so it is trad. give me those beeswax <laughs> candles <laughs> <laughs> yeah their neighbors are giving us the, the the eye at this point they're like are you trying to get ready for christmas
3: 2023
5: i mean you're <laughs> the last holdout the lights are still on yeah what's I'm, going
3: on i'm much too lazy to uh, climb up onto our roof and put up our lights so, so. Am I. So, I. Uh, well, I want, At some point, it'll happen, at someday, some point, maybe someday. maybe next year.
0: Yeah, praise be to God. All right, let's pray, let's get into it. Cardinal George Pell, we're going to remember him coming up in a minute, too, but uh, let's pray for the repose of his soul. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, To Thee do I come, before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in Thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos.
4: Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today's Wednesday, midway through the week here, January 11th. And here are your headlines this morning. The Washington Examiner reports, GOP takes aim at Chinese influence with new investigative panel. Confronting China is at the top of the GOP's congressional agenda this year, and as one of its first acts, the party is working with Democrats to create a panel addressing the the adversary's growing influence. The committee would work to restore supply chains and end critical economic dependencies on China, strengthen the U.S. military station nearby, and end the CCP's theft of American personal data and intellectual property. Breitbart reports Joe Biden's mishandled classified documents include intel materials related to Iran and Ukraine. Among the documents Biden stashed at the Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the university were at least 10 documents with classified markings on them. The classified documents were dated between 2013 and 2016 and reportedly contained classified intelligence information on Iran, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. Biden's stash of sensitive documents at the University of Pennsylvania's think tank also raised national security concerns. Anonymous Chinese donations have reportedly been given to the University of Pennsylvania, where Biden stored the sensitive documents. Ground News reports the Fed is not a climate policymaker, Powell says. The Federal Reserve has only a limited role to play in combating climate change, Chair Jerome Powell said. A stance that puts him at odds with environmental activists who have pushed central banks worldwide to take steps to restrict lending to energy companies. And as Joe mentioned, Catholic News Agency reports Australian Cardinal George Pell dies at 81. Cardinal George Pell, Prefect Emeritus of the Vatican Secretariat for the Economy, died yesterday at the age of 81. The Australian prelate suffered a cardiac arrest and died at 8.50 p.m. Rome time, his secretary confirmed to EWTN. A towering figure of the church, both physically and intellectually, Pell served for many years as Archbishop of Melbourne and then Sydney before Pope Francis appointed him to lead the Vatican's e- economy department in 2014. May he rest in peace. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you.
3: The Saint of the Day is from the Saint of the Day by Professor Plinio, Benedict Biscop, or Saint Benedict Biscop, rather, was born in 628 into the Northumbrian nobility. He was raised in the court of the King of England, and he served King Oswe and distinguished himself particularly in the use of arms. Nonetheless, after a pilgrimage to Rome, Benedict returned to England and asked permission to leave a career of arms to enter into religious life. He entered the Order of St. Benedict and founded numerous monasteries. He also took charge and reformed others where fidelity to the rule had become relaxed. He was a trusted advisor to St. Theodore the Archbishop of Canterbury and St. Adrian in their activities in England. He introduced, he introduced on the island of England stained glass windows and paintings on the church walls as well as Roman music and sacred chant. He sent for architects and artists from Italy to build and decorate the churches and liturgists from Rome to train the monks in the common practices. At the end of his life, he suffered from a painful paralysis that deprived him the use of his lower limbs and tested his patience greatly. He was clearly a saint who embellished a nation. He sent for stained glass windows as well as mass and music books. With all this, he introduced elements of beauty into the religious life. Afterwards, these elements of beauty would spread from the religious to the temporal sphere. For in all the movements of the history of Christianity, such embellishments began in the religious life and afterward spread to the temporal sphere. For this reason, he was the one who embellished the England of his time. He was not spineless or lacking in fiber. The embellishment he made had two great elements of inspiration that all adornments need. First, they reflected the meditation, seriousness, and depth of a contemplative soul who carries out this action of embellishment with great profundity of thought. Such a soul gives beauty a richness of content and expression that makes it not only a thing that pleases the eyes and ears, but also something that speaks to the mind. Second, he carried out this act of embellishment with something of the spirit of the warrior that he had been. Such warriors are strong, viral men, men who know how to fight in command. It is men like these who give rise to the dawn of the art of a nation. Soft, weak men, fearful in the face of the fight, are the ones who produce the heiress of decadence in art. The saints who know how to meditate profoundly and also how to be warriors. These are the ones who give birth to artistic development. He died in 690. St. Benedict Biscop, pray for us. Praise be to God in all
0: things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told her about her, told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him and on finding him said everyone is looking for you he told them let us go on to the nearby villages that i may preach there also for this purpose have i come so he went into their synagogues preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of galilee the gospel of the lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede had a lot to say today on this particular passage. Starting off, he says, First, it was right that the serpent's tongue should be shut up, that it might not spread any more venom. Then, that the woman who was first seduced should be healed from the fever of carnal concupiscence. Close quote, Venerable Bede. do you see that? So why did the devils uh, get shut up? Well, because they knew him, for starters. He doesn't want people to accept the the materialistic the earthly version of the messiah he wants them to accept the whole the complete the perfect version of the messiah which is the the divine King man. It's a pretty impressive thing to to think about. But the woman here being tied back to Eve in the garden, right? So I love this image that Venerable B puts in front of us today. The applicant says, Furthermore, the reason that he forbade the devils to speak was to teach us not to believe them, even if what they say is true. For if once they find persons to believe them, they mingle truth with falsehood. Close quote, the applicant. Do you play with the occult, palm readers? card readers and all the rest crystals or you know your uh, horoscopes get rid of that nonsense from your life and go to confession because that is a doorway through which the devils and the demons can harass you possess you and all the like. So please, get to a confession right away. Venerable B. goes on to say, For the Savior sometimes, after being asked, sometimes of his own accord, heals the sick, showing that he always assents to the prayers of the faithful when they pray also against bad passions, and sometimes gives them to understand things which they do not understand at all, or else, when they pray unto him dutifully, forgive their want of understanding, as the psalmist begs of God." Cleanse me, O Lord, from my secret faults, in Psalm nineteen, twelve. Wherefore he heals her at their request, and there follows, he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Close quote, venerable Bede. So pray, always pray for your needs. The Lord knows your needs. But he wants you to participate. He wants you to put some effort into it. So pray today. He, Venerable B goes on to say, again, in a mystical sense, the setting of the sun signifies the passion of him, our Lord, who said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when the sun was going down, more demoniacs and sick persons were healed than before, because he who living in the flesh for a time taught us taught a few jews has transmitted the gifts of faith and health to all the gentiles throughout the world if by the setting of the sun the death of the savior is intended why should not his resurrection be be intended by the returning of dawn we have so much to look forward to let's give our yes to the lord today amen hey don't go anywhere let's talk about cardinal george pell his life his like his legacy is coming up next Let me get some coffee. I'll be right back. Oh, come let us
3: adore him.
4: Hi, this is Dave Palmer. Doesn't that perfectly describe our disposition during this Christmas season? We have the honor of being able to adore the Christ child at Christmas and adore him throughout the year in the Blessed Sacrament and receive him at Mass. And what a blessing also that we can tune in to the GRN anytime to keep our minds focused on our Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Church. Merry Christmas and a blessed new year to you and your family.
6: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard. And why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. Because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org.
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So going to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Isabel Vaughn Spruce is going to be our guest director of the 40 Days for Life in the UK. She was recently arrested for praying silently in front of a closed abortion clinic in the UK, in Birmingham, if I'm not mistaken. What is going on in the UK? We're going to find out. Join us at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And last night, we all received word that Cardinal George Pell had passed away, dying of a heart attack after hip surgery in Rome. And uh, although he was no spring chicken, I think he was 81 years old, still, he wasn't expected to die. This was uh, unexpected, or as some would say, die suddenly. Um, very interesting character, George Pell. Uh, let me read a little bit to you. There are several articles and news stories. The National Catholic Register has one. But let me just back up and say, he was made a, in 2003, he was made a cardinal by JP2. In 2012, he was appointed a by pope Benedict sixteenth. God rest his soul, as a synod father to the synod of the new evangelization. But it was in 2014 when Pope Francis uh, assigned him as prefect of the Vatican's newly created secretariat for the economy that I think things really, really got interesting. Before that, he, you know, born in Australia. He is, his father was not a Catholic. His father was an Anglican of some sort. His mom was devoutly Catholic, so he was raised Catholic. And uh, he has a degree. He has advanced degrees. He's not only his theology degrees. He's, he has a doctorate from Oxford in history. My kind of guy in that way. And yet he has a bit of a shaky background in the sense that as a bishop of uh, Melbourne and Sydney, he was dealing a lot with the sexual abuse crisis there. And he was famous uh, for having the, what we call the Melbourne, what is it called? It's called the Melbourne rule, the Melbourne principle, the Melbourne policy. Essentially, he was trying to clean up the sex abuse crisis because uh, priests were being shoveled around, just like in America, like cardinal law. Uh, Bishop McCormick, who made me Catholic, they were actively hiding and shuffling abuser priests, guys who were guilty of crimes. And they were hiding them by moving them around the diocese. Well, that was happening in Australia as well. So when when Cardinal George Pell became the Archbishop of Melbourne, one of the things that he was doing there was he was meeting with these uh, victims, and he was giving them cash. I think it was $50,000. And, uh, in exchange for that, though, they had to agree to not speak publicly about the issues anymore. That drew criticism and it drew a lot of people, a lot of Catholics around the country, a lot around the world, really, looking at it as a model with which to deal with the victims. A lot of bishops, a lot of dioceses were paying attention. And then, of course, things got, uh, you know, really dicey in his life over the last few years. But let me read a little bit to the to you from this article out of the pillar. Again, February, February 2014, Pell was named prefect for the Vatican's newly created Secretariat for the Economy. The Cardinal was charged with organizing, assessing, and centralizing Vatican finances and suggesting reforms to the financial policy of the Vatican Curia. The Cardinal clashed frequently with other curial officials as he aimed to centralize accounting systems for the Roman Curia and as he pushed the financial audit of Vatican finances. Pell also served as an advisor to Pope Francis as an inaugural member of the Pope's Council of Cardinal Advisors, known as the C9. The Cardinal took a leave of absence from his office in the Roman Curia in 2017 in order to return to Australia to face the criminal allegations with which he was charged. After a controversial investigation described by critics as trawling for accusations, police in the Australian state of Victoria brought charges on sexual abuse against Pell. He strenuously denied. Now, you might remember part of the story was the police were putting ads in the paper saying, hey, if you know anything about Pell whatsoever, let us know. We want to know. We're looking for something. Very, very, very interesting way of investigating, isn't it? So in other words, before they had a crime, before they had a charge, they went looking. They were asking people, "Hey, you guys know anything? We really want to go after this guy Pell. Very, very interesting." The article goes on to say the central allegation was that Pell sexually abused two choir boys after a mass in the sacristy at, at in the sacristy at St Patrick's Cathedral in 1996 when he was Archbishop of Melbourne. His defense insisted the alleged crime would have been impossible, and the reason why, and because uh, we covered this. Uh, was because the, the window of opportunity was right after mass ends. He had to run back to the sacristy to commit these crimes. And the, you know, the door was open. People could have come in at any moment and seen what was happening. He was fully vested. So there was a lot of circumstances that made this very suspect, to be sure article goes on to say the trial which provoked international attention began in 2018 and ended at first with the jury unable to reach unanimous decision a retrial ended with pell's conviction on five counts of sexual abuse of two boys in 1996 and 1997 a second trial concerning alleged abuse in the 70s was planned but did not take place after the prosecution withdrew its case after which a suppression. Ordering uh, Order prevented Australian media from reporting the Cardinal's conviction was lifted. At a hearing in March 2019, Pell was given a six-year sentence with eligibility for parole after serving at least three years and eight months. He was incarcerated in a Melbourne prison, but later moved to a maximum security facility outside the city after a camera drone was flown over the grounds. He was kept in solitary confinement, reportedly for his own safety, and was prevented from celebrating Mass in his cell due to a ban on wine. He was, he was able to attend Mass only five times during the 406 days of his imprisonment. Just think about that for a moment. Did you know that uh, Mass attendance is at an all-time low after the pandemic? You know, it was a recent survey of the number of people who have come back to Mass after the pandemic. It's now, it's it's 25% worse than it was before the pandemic. Don't take for granted the fact that you have access to the sacraments, that you could go to Holy Mass. You need to get to a Mass this Sunday at a minimum. Every single Sunday, commit yourself. You want a New Year's resolution? Go to Mass every single Sunday without fail. And when they say you're not allowed to go to Mass anymore because there's a new pandemic, go anyway. Make that your resolution for 2023. Cardinal Pell would have loved to have gone to Holy Mass, but in 400 days, 406 days, he can only go five times. Article goes on to say, Pell's lawyers appealed to the Court of Appeal of the Supreme Court of Victoria, which upheld the conviction in August of 2019. The cardinal then applied to the High Court of Australia, the country's final court of appeal. His request was granted and his appeal was heard in March 2020. A month later, the court unanimously quashed his convictions and he was immediately released from prison. The cardinal was watching the television news in his cell when he heard that the court had overturned his convictions. He heard a great cheer from inside the jail and was congratulated by inmates nearest him. He would later recount his prison experience in a three volume memoir in the first volume he reflected on spending Easter in jail the first time in more than fifty years that he had not presided at the Easter vigil. Quote, I was not able to turn in the uh, I was not able to turn in the sanctuary to face the congregation and see the light from the newly lit candles spread slowly, but surely in Uh, fits and starts through the dark vault of the cathedral, close quote, he wrote. Going on to say, I renewed my baptismal promises quietly to myself, not with newly baptized and the cathedral congregation. And of course, I could not consecrate the bread and the wine or receive communion, close quote. In addition to the criminal charges, the cardinal was also accused of mishandling allegations of clerical sex abuse. In 2020, Australia's Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse published its findings that Pell failed in the 1970s to sufficiently address child sexual abuse by clerics. Now, you can read this whole article yourself over at The Pillar, PillarCatholic.com. It's pretty extensive, but there are a few things I think we should reflect upon. He was uh, a monumental character in the church in general, rising to the rank of cardinal, taking on what most people thought was the third most influential, powerful position in in the church around the whole world. He, uh, as we said before, he had uh, ups and downs. Uh, a lot of people today still do not like Cardinal Pell in Australia. You know, he had a good friend, Father Gerald Risdale, who was notoriously one of the worst sex abuse uh, priests in the history of the Catholic Church in Australia. He actually went to court with this guy. What, and when asked, did you know this guy was doing all this? He said, no, I didn't. Yet Cardinal Pell was the one who defended marriage, spoke out against abortion, would not condone or pretend as though homosexual activity was fine. It's not. It's it's harmful, inherently harmful to the soul, and uh, and he spoke out on those issues in spite of the fact that nobody liked hearing him say those things. He said them anyway. He asked. Yeah, he, he wanted work towards transparency at the Vatican Bank, and a lot of people think that got him in a lot of trouble. You might remember also that Cardinal Becciu, who's in his own trial right now at the Vatican, uh, is uh, as Sent money to Australia. I can't remember exactly what the figure was. The initial figure was was astronomical. And it turns out the reality was much less. But nonetheless, he sent multiple six-figure uh, dollars down to Australia. And a lot of people believe he did that so they could be used against Cardinal Pell during those sex abuse uh, investigations and uh, and court cases. So it's not clear where his legacy will fall. Some people love him. Some people hate him. And I think it's true for most human beings. That's surely true. But when you get to the level that Cardinal Pell got to, you start to wonder. And the rumor mills are wondering, because a lot of people are wondering right now, hey, how did this guy die of a heart attack from uh, from a hip surgery? I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Uh, Or... Uh, was he sent down to uh, to face criminal charges because he was uncovering things at the Vatican Bank? A lot of people believe that, and who knows? I mean, what happened to Vigano again? He was in charge of the bank. He was uncovering millions and millions and millions of dollars that were being hidden there. I mean, the EU has been begging for, for transparency out of the Vatican Bank for a very long time because it was being used to launder money from the mafia and other uh, organizations around the world. So powerful positions draw powerful enemies. And again, what did he know? What did he not know about the priest abuse cover-up in Australia? I don't know, but I think we can say this. He came uh to Rome again after being in in solitary confinement for more than a year. He came back to to serve the church. He could have easily stayed in Australia and stayed hidden, stayed stay retired. He didn't. He came back to Rome. And from all accounts of people who, uh, who meet him on the streets of Rome, I've watched several people and their uh, witness testimony yesterday, and they say he was always cheerful, always vibrant, always welcoming. In fact, he was welcoming the pilgrims who came to pay their last respects to Benedict Sixteenth, whose funeral he attended just a few days ago. Let's pray for the repose of the soul of Cardinal Pell that he had an opportunity to make a good and holy confession prior to that surgery and prepare well as we all should do prepare well while we have the chance because you don't know it's not a guarantee that you will be ready when that moment comes hey we'll be right back Morris coming up next
7: From St. Luke's Gospel, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, this is the sixth month for her, called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Let's bring impossible measures of joy and love. In the Washington, D.C. studio of Guadalupe Radio Network, I wish you a happy and holy Christmas.
6: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift and if we have the right perspective we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift we are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs want more than a minute? visit our website chesterton.org Welcome back to
4: Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Now, here's a couple more headlines for you. This one's from LifeSite. Headline is: a "164-year-old church set to become a mosque after the Diocese of Buffalo rejects its preservation." Lay Catholics fought hard to preserve Saint Anne's as a Catholic church for years, with the diocese rebuffing each attempt. Now, the church is slated to become a mosque after being sold for just two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. In July, the Downtown Islamic Center hailed their expected possession of St. Anne's as a dream come true for all Muslims in Buffalo and all over the United States. This massive property, including the current Downtown Islamic Center, will be one of North America's most prominent Islamic centers, the Downtown Islamic Center predicted. Catholic News Agency reports, investigation into Vatican Girl Cold Case reopened amid rekindled public interest due to a Netflix uh, docuseries. The Vatican promoter of justice announced on Monday that the investigation into the vanishing of Emanuela Orlandi, a teenage Vatican citizen whose disappearance in the 1980s has since spawned a myriad of conspiracy theories, will be reopened. Almost two weeks after she disappeared, Pope John Paul II mentioned her in his weekly Angelus prayer and asked those responsible for her disappearance to come forward. Shortly after this, her family began receiving telephone calls from people claiming to be associated with Turkish nationalist groups, who said that they had kidnapped Orlandi as a bargaining chip to secure the release of Mehmet Ali Aja, John Paul II's would-be assassin. Aja has later claimed several times, most recently in 2006, that Orlandi is alive and well, perhaps in a convent. This has never been confirmed. Others speculate that the Italian mafia was involved in her disappearance or that she was kidnapped on the order of a cleric to send a message to her Vatican-employed father. May justice be done here. We can pray for that. And those were your headline news this morning.
0: God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Just about a month ago, just over a month ago now, Isabel Bons-Bruce was uh, standing outside of a closed abortion clinic and was praying silently when she was approached by police. And was arrested uh, for doing so. It seemed rather insane uh, to me and to many here in the United States. So we've invited her on to talk about it. Isabel Vaughn-Spruce, good morning to you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, praise be to God. Thank you for your time today. So let's start with uh, what happened. This was December the 6th last year. Uh, What was going on? What were you doing there? And uh, what was the response of the police?
2: Yes, yeah, so it's probably helpful for me just to give a little bit of a background um, outside the abortion centre. There's what's called a PSPO, a public space protection order, and that was born in brought in in September. Um, and these are orders that um, are brought in by local councils. Originally, were used for things like dog fouling and drunken behaviour and things like that. But we're now seeing them popping up around the country, in, around England and Wales in the UK. Um, to particularly target abortion centres. And they don't ban people, but they do ban certain types of behaviour. So for instance, around this abortion centre, it banned protesting, and it listed prayer and counselling as forms of protest that were banned. Um, so on this particular day, I was standing silently outside a closed abortion centre, um. And the police came up to me, Um, three police officers got out of a car and they asked if I was protesting. I made it clear I wasn't protesting. I was just standing there by myself. Um, I hadn't spoken to anyone, had no intention of speaking to anyone. They then said, was I praying? And I said, I might be silently praying, but I hadn't prayed anything out loud. Um, And at that point they proceeded to arrest me. Um, So they searched me very thoroughly Um, took me to the police station, locked me in a cell for a while, and then proceeded to to question, interrogate, however you want to describe it, me. Um, And during that period of of interview or or questioning, they asked me, you know, if I was praying, and I said, yes, I I had been praying. And they wanted to know what I'd been praying about. So they wanted to know what the thoughts were that were going on inside my own head. Um, They released me on bail, but they subsequently called me back to the um police station and told me that they were charging me um with breaking the pspo um particularly obviously you know as i say the only thing i was doing there was was silently praying um so that's where we are now and i've got to go to court on the 2nd of february um to see what happens next
0: you know it just it seems rather insane. Everybody is making the comparison to 1984, George Orwell, and thought police, thought crimes that are being committed here. You, you weren't saying words. Your lips weren't moving. You weren't like speaking, standing there by yourself. You were just praying internally. Um, help us understand why, why this is the case in in the UK. Help. help I, as an outsider, I can't wrap my head around how. How anybody, the police officers, for instance, I don't understand how they could legitimately stand there and sleep at night with their conscience, knowing that they arrested a woman for saying no words whatsoever, not harming anybody, but just standing.
2: It is really, really concerning. And like you say, I mean, often we have concerns about freedom of speech being um, impacted but freedom of thought goes even further I mean they wouldn't have even known I was praying unless I admitted to the fact that I was praying which I did Um, so this is is very very concerning and particularly at the moment in in England um, because they are looking at bringing in national buffer zones which would mean every abortion centre had a zone like this or similar to this outside it but I think from a spiritual perspective you know we can look at this and think well Maybe some people realise more than we do the power of prayer. You know, those silent thoughts that we have directed towards God. How powerful are they? Um, that that it's <laughs> that people are sending three officers out to arrest somebody for silently talking to their God. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe from a spiritual perspective, we can actually use this as a reminder to ourselves that prayer does make a difference. Um, and and maybe even those who oppose us in their ideology realize that as much as we do.
3: You know, one thing that piqued my interest that you had mentioned was they wanted to know specifically, what were you praying about? What were you specifically thinking of? So does that imply that if you had said, oh, well, I just thought about my my dog at home, and I, I wanted to pray for my dog, so I just stopped there and started praying for my dog, therefore it would have been okay. But if the things that nobody heard you praying about happen to be for the closing the abortion clinic or for the women that go to abort, have abortions or for the babies, then it's now a crime is, is that what it's implied there?
2: Well, one can only come to that conclusion really. And, and, and I think that seems to be a logical conclusion to come to. Um Because if, like you say, if I said I was praying for my sick neighbor, you know, then I presume that they would think that I couldn't have been breaking any PSPO. Um, As I say, I wasn't praying in opposition to abortion, and I did make that clear. And actually, like you said, what I was praying for and what I told them I was praying for um, were um, for the victims, particularly I was looking at the the women who I knew who had been hurt by abortion. And so I said to them, I was praying for people um, like my friend Amy, um, who was abused and became pregnant, and um ended up feeling pressured to have an abortion which she deeply regretted later and for people like my friend natalia who took the abortion pills and ended up passing her child at home and saw that child Mm. um and is now traumatized by that because of the memory of what she saw so i was praying for people like that who i know who have become friends who have been deeply hurt by abortion and i often say to people that i think that the damage abortion inflicts on women alone, that should be enough to make us pro-life. Yeah. Um, when you when you actually really see the impact, long-term as well, uh, on women and men, men are sometimes also the kind of silent victims in abortions, um, but particularly when I've seen how how physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically it can affect women, our hearts have got to bleed for this issue.
0: Now, I think abortion has been legal in the UK since, what, 67 or something Mm -hmm. like that. So what is the status of the pro-life movement in the UK right now?
2: The the pro-life movement is definitely growing, and I've seen that particularly over the last few years. So I'm co-director of March for Life UK, and um, this has been going for the last sort of eight, nine years, and it's gone from strength to strength. And the amount of young people who now turn up, at our annual march um, has grown by huge numbers I mean I have to say to start with you know you'd see a, a few younger people you know in, in a little gathering now it's just swamped by young people by students by families with children um, you can really see that I think people um, are, are, are really making this issue their own and I do think to be fair, that the overturning of Roe v Wade has had an impact here. People have started really? to talk about it more here as well, um, which is something that I think in the past we have maybe um, declined to do. We find it a difficult topic to talk about, as, as many people do. And so the conversation has been quite shut down. Um, and I've seen, you know, in, in more, particularly over uh, the, uh, recent months, The the topic being opened up to discussion a lot more, whether that's, um, you know, with public discussions in in the government, as we say, to do with national buffer zones that they're looking at bringing in and just private conversations that um, people are starting, which is really, really encouraging. If we want to um, impact abortion at all, we do need to talk about it. We should be able to talk about it. And I think women need to talk about it. That's often how they think about things is by talking about them. So to shut down the conversation is actually affecting women's thought process, because that is how we think things through is by talking about the issue.
0: Yeah, we're right at a uh, hard break here for the network, but we're talking with Isabel Vaughn Spruce and we're talking about her arrest there back in uh, December the 19th in uh, Birmingham for praying outside of a closed abortion clinic uh, silently internally. But we're also talking about the pro-life movement in the UK in general and the people and the society and its tolerance for this. All of that and much more is coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Pray for the loss of life in the, um, of the unborn and the victims and the doctors and the nurses. All of that must be on our mind and our hearts. We'll be right back.
8: Joy to the world, the Lord I am Josh Reyes, your general manager for the West Texas and New Mexico market. Wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for your continued support for Walupe Radio Network throughout the year. And most of all, thank you for all of your prayers for the Walupe Radio Network. May God
6: bless you. Thank you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org.
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So going to be on with you. Praise be to God. David O'Gray joins us at the top of the next hour. Uh, please join us if you can. But uh, Isabel Vaughn-Spruce is our guest, co-director of March for Life in the UK, was arrested December the 6th in, uh, in Birmingham uh, for praying silently outside of a closed abortion clinic there. And uh, she joins us again. Good morning to you once more. Miss Vaughn, or Ms. Spruce. Uh, very interesting. I would like to know, I want to go back uh, just for a moment. And you talked about being searched thoroughly. I mean, uh, you're such a criminal. You're such a criminal, too, that they need to be sure that you're not going to harm anybody. So they search you thoroughly, then they interrogate you. Can you explain or help us understand what was that interrogation like? What, did the, what were they asking you about? How, how much intense pressure did they put on you? I mean, what was that experience like for you?
2: Yeah, obviously, because it's an ongoing criminal investigation, there's only so much I can say about this at sure. this time because I'm still waiting to go back to court um, and, and find out what will happen next. But um, as you as you can imagine, it, it was quite a, almost a surreal experience for me. Mm. It's certainly not something I've I've ever experienced before. I've never even you know had points on my license here in the UK <sighs> or anything like that. You know, so to. Yeah to be being quizzed by police officers um, in that manner, it was quite intimidating. I can um, imagine. And, and even now there's still that feeling, did that really happen? Um, it, it, it was, I think surreal is the best word. And, and so many people yeah. have said to me, like you intimated earlier, that that it, um, they've used the word Orwellian, you know, likening it to the 1984 yeah. novel. Um, something that you kind of would not really expect to happen. And to be fair, people have said to me, surely there must have been more, something more going on. There must have been more to it. Yeah. Um, Some people have watched the video of the arrest and said, but what was going on before the camera went on? And I can understand (laughs) those thoughts because we don't really think something like this would happen unless there was some other provocation, unless... I don't know, you know, I had been talking to somebody before the camera went on, and I had been accosting somebody, but as I say, that was all there was to it. It was a closed abortion center. I spoke to no yeah. one,
0: um,
2: and yet they obviously perceived this to be a threat.
0: Is it possible that they that they knew who you were? I mean, because you are the co-director for March for Life UK, You uh, so you've been very active in the pro-life cause over there. Is it just that they were targeting you, that they knew you, that you have a reputation with them, and... And they were looking for an opportunity?
2: I suppose that's something that ultimately only they could answer. Um, But as I say, a PSPO, which is which is the public order that I'm accused of breaching, it is just to make it clear that that bans behavior. So it doesn't ban people. Mm. So even if they had concerns about me because of my involvement in pro-life work, the PSPO can't ban me from coming into that area because of what I believe. Mm. So um, that wouldn't be something that from a legal perspective would have any grounds. They can't say because because of who I am, I'm not allowed in that area. Um, but what was going through their heads, I, I really don't know um, what it was that they perceived to be a threat in a woman standing by herself silently at the corner of the street. But as I say, maybe it's a good reminder to us of that power of prayer that is con- considered to be Amen. so strong.
0: Amen.
4: Yeah, Ms. Spruce, you know, there's uh, these exclusion zones uh, that uh, prevent people from gathering outside of these abortion centers. Uh, they're popping up all over the place, most recently, I think, in Spain. Why do you think these are coming up? Why do you think this legislation uh, is taking place to prevent people from from protesting an abortion that that to me i think is i mean obviously i think you can you can easily say well the answer is this is a diabolic attack but why is this is this really what people want they they don't want people praying or protesting or showing up in force outside of these these centers
2: i I think it's a really good question and obviously there are different ways we can look at that and i think well in the uk we already have laws against intimidation and harassment and things like that which any pro-lifer i know would oppose happening, not only outside an abortion centre, but anywhere. Um, so if if those were the sorts of behaviour that were really happening outside abortion centres, there's already laws to deal with that, and they, they would be used. But we have seen no evidence of that. So one can only then assume um, that it's not because of that kind of behaviour that's happening. And as the work that I'm involved in, I, I run a 40 days for life campaign outside that abortion centre, Um, We've seen so many women changing their minds because of the help that's been offered to them, because of the support that they've been given. We know that this does affect the amount of women who will ultimately decide to have an abortion or not. When another option is put to them, um, many women do decide to choose life. And that affects the abortion industry. And I think they've become um, maybe very concerned about that, that we um, that women who would potentially be having an abortion are now choosing life, and we all know that they get money from women who have an abortion, they don't get money from women who choose life um you know that that is how it works, so that is a concern i think from from their perspective, and also I think there has become greater intolerance over anyone who's got a different ideology. Um, and I think we've seen that in in, in many areas of life. Um, certainly over recent years, with the kind of cancel culture that we're used to hearing about, you know, universities speak or pe- speakers going to universities being being cancelled because you know they're they're not considered to be um, in line with what the kind of official thoughts are um, of of any government or, or whatever it might be. Um, So I think that there are concerns now that this is going, as I say, going further and and rather than just cancelling somebody because of what they're saying, cancelling somebody because of what they believe and, and what they think.
3: Correct me if I'm wrong. The majority of people in the UK support abortion, kind of as a contrast to the to America where majority of americans want some sort of restriction on abortion and then it just varies on where exactly those people put it uh, in the uk it's it's the majority after seeing what happened to you has there been a a shift in public perception has there been a shift in the political uh blogosphere and speaking and movements trying to say let's repeal this law let's change some things or uh, have you received any support publicly or privately Uh, what's the situation like over there
2: yeah and whilst whilst many people might support abortion in some form or another actually the very liberal abortion laws that we do have which in in the uk abortion is allowed up to 24 weeks for pretty much any reason and even up until birth for you know things like if a child is perceived to have any kind of disability to have down syndrome um i think a lot of people would have concerns about those laws even if they think in some circumstances abortion might be permissible um but i have been overwhelmed by the support that i have received you know the amount of emails, texts, letters, you know, um, from all around the world. Um, I haven't had a single email or anything that I can think of off the top of my head that has been anything but supportive. I have been really humbled by the amount of people praying for this issue. Um, and, and lots of, you know, people who, who put, figures that other people might've heard of, well, I'm not going to start mentioning names cause I'll miss off somebody. Um, <laughs> but I have I've been I've been absolutely humbled by the by the support that I've received and one of the things that has really touched me is people getting in contact saying whilst I do support abortion in certain circumstances or maybe I consider myself to be pro choice whatever terms they might use they still have concerns about this um and that is encouraging that people can see this issue for what it is mm. um even outside the abortion issue um, that the freedom of thought has got to be one of our most basic rights. And, and we can't start you know, censoring people because of what they're thinking or what they're praying.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's so many follow-up questions I have, but uh, we're running out of time. Let me just ask this uh, first. Uh, you're going back to court in February. So just a few weeks from now, you got to go to court. What are you facing? Like what, what is going to be the potential punishment that you might have to endure as a result to, to this?
2: Well, at the moment, the worst that could happen would would be a fine, which obviously could be quite a heavy fine. Um, And, you know, I suppose you could say um, my character. Um, um, But as I was intimating earlier, one of the particular concerns is if the legislation which is currently being discussed at the moment by the UK government goes through and national buffer zones happen, which is looking very likely, then someone doing something similar would be facing um, a, a jail sentence of six months to two years. Um, so this is becoming more and more serious in, in the UK. And, and we think, well, what, where is it going to end? Are, are we going to get mass censoring of people's own private thoughts? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to get a lot, a large amount of people ending up in jail or with heavy fines, whatever it might be, yeah. um, because of just expressing their own, Well, not even expressing, thinking their own thoughts in the privacy of their own head it is really concerning.
0: Recently, I had a conversation with Gavin Ashenden, a former Anglican bishop, now Catholic. And we were talking about uh, the the faith and Christianity in general in the UK and its decline. Um, And one of the conversation points we talked about was His Majesty King Charles's Christmas speech. And it seems that he sort of embraces all faiths equally, and yet we hear stories. And you could correct me; I would, you know, love to get uh, the actual facts. But it seems to me that there are rules for certain segments of a, of a UK society. Uh, like, say, in uh, Islamic neighborhoods where they can get away with almost whatever they want and there's no repercussions, and yet uh, preachers on street corners get arrested or harassed routinely? You're being arrested for praying silently. Is there a double standard in the UK, and why wouldn't His Majesty speak out against that, being a Christian himself?
2: Yeah, it's difficult to know whether if there had been somebody of a different religious belief, also outside the abortion center... Praying to do with abortion, what would have been the response there? I don't know, but I do believe that particularly pro-life views are something that are are being frowned upon, um, whether it's by the main street, main media or, or, or um, as we see, certainly to do with um, new legislation that's coming through. So I think that is is particularly concerning, um, and and as to whether that would affect people of other religions, I don't know, um, but my my concerns do lie with, as I say, with pro-life beliefs being censored um and, and that is a is a massive concern for me um and, and what whether whether we'll see any changes in the future um you know well so I, I've, I've got no idea to be quite honest what charles king charles's view would be on this um but i think obviously my concerns lie more with maybe what's being voted in in the government where that you know that that power for legislation lies um mm-hmm. and the impact that could be having on on just every citizen really
0: yeah well we pray that uh, there is a pro-life spark as a result to your witness we're going to be praying for your time uh, obviously before the court and hopefully this case gets thrown out i mean uh, justice must be served here but nonetheless isabel von spruce god love you god bless you thank you for your time today we really appreciate it
2: thank you god bless
0: all right we're going to be praying for you and for all those fighting for life in the uk and around the world But coming up after the break, if you can still join us, we'd love to have you. David L. Gray is going to be on. We're going to talk about the statistics in America of young people who accept companies that take woke positions. All of that, plus the game show, plus much more. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT if you want to hang out with us. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you then.
3: a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Upon his shoulder, dominion rests. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. The prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 5. This is Marty Matulia, the general manager of the Guadalupe Radio Network in Alabama, wishing you and your family a wonderful Christmas and a new year filled with immense blessings from our Lord Jesus
6: Christ, who comes to save us. Come, let us adore him. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it. And suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org.
4: Open wide your door to the one who comes. Open your soul. Throw open the depths of your heart to see the riches of simplicity, the treasures of peace, the sweetness of grace. Open your heart and run to meet the sun of eternal light that illuminates all men. St. Ambrose of Milan. As we enter this Christmas season, let us pray that we open our hearts to receive the gift of peace, love, and hope. This is Manny Ortiz, production manager of the Guadalupe Radio Network, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a blessed new year.
0: Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today.
1: I'm Deacon Joe. I'm Thomas White, and Deacon Joe and I represent the Catholic Radio Quest, and we thank you for listening to KSHJ 1430 AM, Catholic Radio throughout Metro Houston on the Guadalupe
9: Radio Network.
0: 15 past the hour, fear and trembling is on the agenda. We're giving out prizes. You could win. It's possible. You do have to make a phone call. That's your end of the bargain. I'll give you the phone number at the appropriate time. Now, you can cheat if you want. Now, we don't call it cheating. We call it hedging your bet. Now, some people buy gold and silver. Others go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash GDT, and they find the phone number there and they put it in their read dial memory. And then they're ready to dial quickly when the time comes. It's practically worth the same as gold. It's it, I, it's hedging your bet against an inflation, is having the the phone number ready to dial at a moment's notice. All of that coming up at 15 past the hour. By the way, speaking of while you're on the website, make sure you stop by and check out the brand-new Mercedes we're giving away, the 2023 CLA 250 in polar white. A drawing is going to be held February the 24th, 2023, and you can get your tickets for $25 a piece, or you can get five for $100. You can buy them on the website, grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Or you could call your local GRN station manager and ask them, hey, how do I get my tickets? You know, they we actually do have physical – A lot of, it's interesting because in 2023, I bet there's still a bunch of people who want who want the physical tickets in their hands. They feel more comfortable. I never like, leave home without them. Like, you know, when you sell tic- car raffle tickets, they feel like they have to have like a receipt of some sort. Well, you're going to get one when you do it by the website. It'll come to your inbox, so you'll get that. So don't worry, you're in but a lot of folks, they actually want the physical stub. Well, you can get those from your local station manager. And while you're at it, say, hey, by the way, I would like to sell three or 4,000 tickets for you to support uh-huh. the local GRN radio station. So, you can do that by going to the website, grnonline.com and uh, again, you can find the, uh, the car raffle and much, much more there. Praise be to God. No, I hate that word. What's that?
3: February. 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 February February. February, February, February. Yesterday, I was doing mm-hmm. a video for American Needs Fatima, and mm-hmm. the word February came up like eight times in the script, mm-hmm. and I was like pulling my hair out because every time I was like February, February, but anyway, is it Soup
4: Plantation or Sioux Plantation?
3: Mm. Sue, mm-hmm. right? Sue, mm-hmm. Sue. Mm-hmm. Plantation.
0: Hey, you know, I, was th- I saw this story this morning. I shared it in the first hour briefly, but there's a green comet coming. Now, I remember when Haley's Comet was in the sky. Have you Haley. seen it? When I was a kid. Why does Haley get to own it? I was I, well, 80, whatever. I don't remember what the year was. but You were 80 years old when I the comet I got a, uh, a telescope for Christmas, and I sat in my driveway trying to find <laughs> Haley's Comet. Night <laughs> after night. Never saw it. Uh, never saw it. Gone. Uh, it'll be like, would I'll you, never, I'll never get to see. I will be dead before it comes back. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll live to a yeah. ripe old age. But uh, A ripe old age of 587. It's possible. I think it's what, every 70 years, Haley's Comet? that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one, this green Comet, uh, not the Green Hornet. That's a totally different thing.
3: That's the, a uh, comic book.
0: Uh, not the Green Lantern. Which we don't. We we've That's also is dead book. to us now because they've they've awoken the the wokeness in the Green Comet the Green Lantern. But now this is a Green Comet. It's going to hit the sky. We're going to be able to see it supposedly uh, on February the first. Apparently, this thing has like got a fifty thousand year cycle. Wow. Okay, I just want to see the green comet. So uh, be on the lookout, February first. What does it mean? Look up. It, apparently, you can see this with binoculars, telescopes, maybe even the human eye alone. Do you, either of you remember Hale Yeah,
4: no. I, I, I've heard of it. I didn't get to see it. You didn't I've get to see Hale No, I didn't get to, to see it. It was in Hale-bop.
0: the sky for like a month. All you had to do was like literally look up. Oh, there's Hale Bob. Okay. man,
3: there's I don't, a lot of light pollution. Out I here in looked the city. it up. No way. I looked yeah. it up. Hail uh-huh. Bob came in 1997. Yes, that was a year before I was born. So no, I did not see it. Adrian,
0: <laughs> <They were> <laughs> how did you miss out on this?
3: I know. So I was got to talk to your. Parents? I was not even. Conceived.
0: You missed the well, best year of see ever. I, I sorry, was y'all. I was on a train from Texas to Boston, moving to New England in '97, and I hung out the side of the train at night and could see Hail Bob in the sky. It was so amazing. I
3: just couldn't believe how beautiful huh. and a majestic well, it was. Cool. Join us in the, yeah. in the live stream if you can, mm-hmm. and let us know. This did you screen, see Hellbop? This green comment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, did you see Hellbop? And let me know what, what that's all about. But yeah, also or Haley's comment. The green comment. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? What does it mean? What yeah, does, does it let's mean? Let's pray.
0: Well, the reason I bring this up is pray that there aren't people who are going to go commit murder-suicide type of things, which is usually what happens when comments like this hit the sky. They, they,
3: they think this is a sign of something. Yeah, that, that happened. It they, does happen. There was a professor from my alma mater who was mm-hmm. a music professor there mm-hmm. who started his own cult, yeah. said the aliens it happens were coming. every time. Took a group to, uh, to California, yeah. and they all committed suicide together. Yeah. Well, anyway,
0: uh, speaking of uh, weird things in the sky, David O. Gray joins us from, uh, from Deutschland. Uh, good morning to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, David. David, I still can't hear you, brother. I'm not sure why we don't hear you. David, are you there? We're going to let David get that sorted out, and I, I'm curious, I wonder if David remembers uh, Hail Bob. Haley's comment, or Hale-Bob, or not Hale-Bob, the... the, the <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's not? Who it's threw not, That's me not off? it. Alberto threw me off from the comments. Oh. You know, by the way, we are enjoying the comments this morning, uh, by the way. Yeah, we, we have comments going on YouTube, on on Twitter, on Facebook odyssey and other places but our telegram group is always most amazing monica Forrest damon good morning to you nick the Mike, lose tammy clarissa's over there good morning to you josh good morning everybody thanks for hanging out with us and uh, we'll be chatting in the uh, after show directly so if you like chatting directly you want inter- to interject your opinion on the conversation you can always do that in the after show david are you there did we get you back Nope. Still don't have David, uh, so hopefully we'll get you sorted out soon. But there was an article that David sent me. As soon as he comes on, we'll get his opinion on it. But I thought this was interesting. Uh, This is out of uh, news.gallup.com. Headline says, U.S. adults split on companies taking political and social stances. And I find this very fascinating. Uh, Recently, I was listening to a lecture that some uh, high-end YouTubers were giving on how to uh, work that algorithm. And one of the points that this particular YouTuber I was watching was pointing out was: listen, brands have to take a stand; they have to have an opinion. Oh boy, people want you to have an opinion on the issues of the day. So, like for instance, when you go by your favorite Starbucks or or McDonald's, or when you need like a plumber to come over, and then they have like the rainbow flag on there logos or or what have you, you're like, wait, hold on, I just want coffee. I don't don't need any of the rest of this. Like, your job is to sell me a part, okay? (laughs) Not to sell me your agenda. But nonetheless, uh, this is what we're dealing with here. So the article says Americans are divided about whether businesses should take a public stance on political and social issues, with 48% believing they should and 52% saying they should not. Younger adults are more likely than older adults to believe businesses should take a stance. 59% of those aged 18 to 29 think as much, compared with 51% of those aged 30 to 44. 41% of those aged 45 to 59, and 43% of those 60 and older. But there is a saying. Saying goes something like this. Go woke, get broke. Right? Disney? Isn't Disney the classic 2022 example that we should all be looking at? Disney took a stand, a hardcore one. They went toe-to-toe with DeSantis in Florida. How did that work out? It didn't work out well for them. They lost billions of dollars with a big B. NFL, uh, MLB, NBA all took woke stances, all took a major hit on viewership and the bottom-line revenue, and they're still doubling down on all that. They're still taking those stances. But yet their, their base really suffered because most Americans aren't interested in that kind of thing. And yet, this article goes on to say, Democrats most likely to believe companies should take a, a public stand. David L. Gray, if you're still, if you're there, jump in, let us know. Democrats are more likely than Republicans and independents to feel businesses should publicly share their beliefs about social and cultural issues. Seventy-five percent of Democrats say they should compared with 40% of independents and 18% of republicans. So, where are you guys at? Do you think do you think your local mechanic
3: shop your local <laughs> I, I want to see them put up every single one of their mm-hmm. beliefs in bumper sticker form? <laughs> every every um, one, every single one of them. Like should all they, their thoughts should be like uh, public info yeah. in Bumper, like a, a creed statement outside yeah, of every yeah. business. I
4: like, uh, yeah, I like a, a lawn sign that says, in this house, we believe yeah, in that's a good idea. climate change. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, in this house, we believe in mm-hmm. love is love
3: and mm-hmm. whatever that means. Straight mark. Lo- oh, but you know, my, my dad love is a perfect example of that, though, because mm-hmm. he, for the first time in like my entire life, actually, he didn't watch a single game of, of the NBA last year. Which was like mind blowing. We didn't see would a have a lot the, of people uh, have it, that. yeah. And, and my dad is indicative of a lot of other people because he always. I, I can never. Re, I never remember a year where we didn't have at least some of the games, if not most of the games, on. Same thing with the NFL. My dad didn't watch a single NFL game a, la- a year ago. Like that's that's wild. And so a lot of just yeah. blue collared Americans. Hey,
0: David O'Brien joins us. All right, praise be. I just thought you were. <laughs> You He's were ignoring, ignoring us. us. I just thought you were giving us the cold shoulder treatment. Merry Christmas <laughs> to you, David.
5: Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, you guys <laughs> pretty much covered everything. My only thing I'd I like to add, really, just really get your thoughts, is I remember there was a time. When um, companies used to tell us about their social position based upon what they were selling, right, like Marlboro, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they would tell us that it's OK for women to have dragon breath or smokers breath, <laughs> you know, because they would have advertisements with women in them or they would tell uh, us, yeah. oh, it was cool for women to smoke. Or Sears, they would tell us their social position about segregation when blacks weren't able to shop in stores. Sears would send catalogs straight to homes of black Americans in the South. So that's how they told us Mm -hmm. their social position. It was tied to their bottom line, tied to their profit. But now they're asking corporations to be, let us know your social position. And like you said, Joe, affect your bottom line.
0: Mm. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, this article also says Asian adults and black adults are the most likely of all racial and ethnic groups to believe businesses should take a public stance on political and social issues. About three quarters of each group, 74 percent, 72 percent respectively, say businesses should take a public stance compared with 49 percent of Hispanic adults and 41 percent of white adults. So do you think it stems from racial injustice as a result to them having this feeling today that they want to see their their local coffee company have a a, a stance on who knows what?
5: It's interesting because it looks like the groups that they tell us that are these oppressed groups are the groups that – are saying that okay we need corporations to stand in the gap and defend us you know women are they they poll high democrats they poll high um like and as you said blacks and asians i didn't know asians would be in this group but yeah blacks and asians poll really high about they think um there should be some sort of um input from corporations into their position. so yeah all the demographics that they tell us are the most affected groups are the ones that are polling high
0: I always felt like when companies do this, they are virtue signaling. They are pandering to a base in hopes to be like accepted in the cool kid crowd.
5: Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I thought as well. And it, it doesn't really make much sense as far as the shareholders go. So, um, lately you have these corporations chiming in on things that are not related to what they're selling. Right. Mm. um, and so it doesn't make any sense to me, and it seems to be not making sense to at least uh, half of Americans about why this is going on.
0: You know, uh, movies, by the way, took a ba- major hit in 2022 for sure for going woke. Marvel uh, is just really not done nearly as well as they used to do. And uh, I was talking on the show earlier about uh, about this film that we watch as a family called Puss in Boots and how it avoided some of the major pitfalls, sort of. Uh, and it seems to have done better. So it seems like even Hollywood is learning the "get woke, go broke" lesson.
5: And I think they learned that from Top Gun. I think Top Gun oh, did yeah. really well by not including any, you know, diversity and all that, you know, the, the whole the whole thing, right? And so they did really well. And so we notice that movies that are doing well are those who are not pandering to minority causes.
0: So uh, with only about a minute left, uh, I got to know, I mean, everybody's asking right now, has David seen uh, hale Bob? Did, did, did David L. Gray see, <laughs> see these famous comets in the sky, or, or was he doing something else? I remember else?
5: when I was, was that the one we were a kid in the 80s? Was that the one that you were telling Adrian about? <laughs> That's not hale
0: Bob. That, uh, that was Haley's Comet. Haley's Comet. Did you see no, Haley's, Haley's Comet, Comet. Okay. in the 80s? I didn't 80s? see either of those.
5: Did you see Haley's Comet, David? No, I'm in North, I was in Northeast Ohio. What we saw when we looked up into the sky was like gray clouds, kind of like <laughs> Right? I think in Germany here, I think I've seen the sun twice in the last two weeks. Oh, so, man. Um, man.
6: Yeah, we, no. yeah, we don't
5: see, we don't, when we look up, we just see shades of gray. Shades of David Elgrave. <laughs> mm.
0: I'm noticing a trend there. Well, hopefully February 1st, you'll get some blue skies or some night skies, and you can actually see the, the green comment. The real question is, what does it all mean? <laughs> <laughs> David O'Gray, <laughs> hopefully next week we'll have you back on without technical difficulty, but God love you, God yeah, bless you. See Thank you guys you, next
5: time. God bless.
0: All right, the phone number is wide open. Time to play the game, 877-757-9424. You can win prizes. Call right now, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Hi listeners, Sean here. Join me in this short meditation on the birth of Jesus from Luke's Gospel, chapter two, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. On behalf of all of us here at the GRN in South and Central Texas, have a blessed Christmas celebration. May God bless you and Mary smile upon you. Amen.
6: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton. Hi, I'm Richard Lena, Vice President of the Guadalupe Radio Network. During this cherished time of the year,
7: know that you, your family, and all your loved ones remain in our prayers. We pray that the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ Child, bring joy to your hearts and homes throughout the entire Christmas season
8: and beyond. Merry Christmas, from our family to yours.
0: Joe McClain! Speed to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas. Don't tell anybody. I'm going to tell you, but you can't tell anybody. Keep it between us. Number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you're going to learn something you did not know before. And um, I'm thinking you might learn three things today. It's possible you could learn three things today. And then we like to have a laugh, a good time, a chuckle. And our callers are amazing. They laugh with us. We appreciate that most, I would argue. And of course, of course, we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everybody. You could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. And someone will do all three this week, praise be to Jesus. But the kicker is, the secret sauce, the real tricky bit is uh, we don't ask the caller. And they don't need to know. They may not know any of the correct answers, but could still win our game. Because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy And I will ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer. It's the other one who gives us the incorrect answer. You're going to have to uh, decide whom do you trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer at that point goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win?
4: Praise be to God. This week, we are fronting a CDT prize pack. So if you were wanting to get yourself a replica of the coffee cup of divine providence this week is the week to try one more time. We do have a limited amount left mm-hmm. of these Coffee Cup of Divine Providence, mm-hmm. Providence replicas, so mm-hmm. make sure to call in tomorrow and get, head your bet again. Yeah, praise be to God. Does it come with the Mercedes CLA 250? No, but you could always get some of those raffle tickets online. I see.
0: I see. GRNonline.com. But if they win the car, they get a free mug, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll throw it Sweeten in there. Sweeten
4: in the pot. Absolutely. All right. When Praise they come to God. Houston and take us to Taco Cabana. Which is required. you got to read the rules. We can it's give them a
0: Yeah, it's in there. you got to read the rules carefully. Uh, grnonline.com forward slash raffle, by the way. But let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Robert. Good morning. Praise be to God, Robert. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. How are you? I am doing well and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you also. Praise be to God. And uh, did you get anything really cool under the tree, like, say, a Ford F 150 Raptor in Midnight Blue, possibly?
7: No, nothing as cool as that. But the cool thing was I was able to spend time, go to a and just enjoy my family and Jesus.
0: Oh, that's better. Okay, you got me. That's better. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's umpaquito better, praise be to God. Uh, Where do you go to church, Robert? Name Philip in Flower Mountain. Nice. Well, we're glad you're on the show. Are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how all this is going to go down? Yes, I do. All right. So, uh, I'm just curious. You, uh, you know who's trickiest on the show, Robert? Any, any, any insight there? Is it Rudy, is it Adrian? We all know it's Joe. No way. I'm on no, his team. It's
7: Joe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert's breaking
6: up. That's uh, what I'm
0: unfortunate. i about. Robert's call seems to have dropped. I don't understand. A, he all knows. Right. All he right. knows. Robert, all right. Well, nonetheless, uh, I will forgive you, but uh, let's pray the, play the game and see what, what happens. Let's start with Rudy Carlos, as is our tradition, our custom, our church-approved patrimony. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at over there, Rudy?
6: I'll you, talk about it in the after show. Are, yes, I am ready. Are you sure? I I don't
0: know, yeah, brother. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, are I you, think so. Mm, <laughs> Something you want to tell yeah. me?
4: Somebody right. commented okay. on our live feed. I see that uh, mm-hmm. they were going to call in as an alien with an alien <laughs> with uh, voice, voice alien? changer.
0: So Very fascinating. That would be hilarious. All right, but let's start with a uh, with a history question. All right. Easily the greatest questions known to man are history questions. Okay. So if you could uh, answer this for me. Who granted tolerance to Christianity through the Edict of Milan? Thru, okay, by the
4: Edict of Milan, that would be Emperor Constantine, of course. Uh, I see. Not to be confused mm. with Constantine with a K, which mm-hmm. is an mm-hmm. emo love song. Never
0: mind. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Interesting. All right, uh, let's just see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, I know once you passed by a history book at a bookstore on the bookshelf, so you could probably answer this for me, but could you tell me who granted tolerance to Christianity
3: by the Edict of Milan? Hmm. Well, while St. Constantine is a a good answer, I think I'm Mm going to go Mm -hmm. with, actually it was St. Augustine. Really? Yes. He took political control and, you know, Mm -hmm. he legalized it. Doctor of the church. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's kind of a big deal.
0: All right. uh, Robert in Flower Mound, Texas, you have options. Who did grant the tolerance to Christianity by the Edict of Milan? Was it St. Augustine, as Adrian wants us to believe? Or was it the Emperor Constantine, as Rudy seems to suggest? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Robert, what say you?
7: I am going to say Adrian is incorrect.
0: What?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Does he go
0: oh, into dang. the cup
3: an extra time you for know, gaslighting Adrian? You know, Robert. Because that's masterful. Robert, whenever that's I you. I become king, all I'm saying is uh mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. watch your six. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Robert. You are correct. The Emperor Constantine is the right answer there, as uh, the Orthodox would say is it emperor saint? Is it saint emperor? I think it's king saint. I like, so it'll be emperor saint. Yeah, king, emperor saint.
4: Constantine? King king saint emperor. Interesting. Supreme leader. Definitely not Augustine, though.
0: That was yeah, uh, I don't know seven hundred years too. No, it was one hundred fifty years, maybe too late. It's a little too early. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's go to the second question. Oh, we're going to go to Adrian first on this one. Adrian, uh, I did see, looking at your Twitter feed this morning, Mm -hmm. that you have uh, multiple PhDs in truthology. It's true. It's true. Uh, So if you could help me out with this one. Uh, Truths that are handed down from one generation
3: to another. What do we call that? Right. So uh, not only am I a PhD in truthology, I Mm -hmm. am also Mm -hmm. an expert on hands. Whoa! Yeah, I know. Mind blown? I know. Mind it's blown. It's not, not a common expertise, mm-hmm. but it is the case. I see. And so I know for a fact mm-hmm. that truths that are handed down from one generation to another see. are called traditions. 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 I see. Latin? Is that Latin? Or? No.
0: Traditio would be Latin. Oh, I see. Okay. Traditions. You're just going to go with tradition. I'm gonna, that's what I'm going Seems with. Seems pretty simple. Uh, let's just see what a, uh, Rudy has to say. Rudy, are you ready? Can I'm, you tell me? I am ready. Yeah. Truths that are handed down from one generation to another. What do we call those? We call those primitive cave paintings. Are you being serious? So when everybody has
4: a consensus, we all mm-hmm. understand that there's mm-hmm. a truth. Mm-hmm. One person gets elected. The artist goes into the cave. I see. He puts his hand up on the cave. Uh-huh. He you know, draws an outline. Maybe a buffalo. Maybe okay. some
0: deer. I don't know. God. Whatever that means. I see. Pictographs is pictographs. Uh-huh. Pictoglyphs. Can I make a confession between us? Don't tell anybody. Okay. I've never actually seen one of those. Are you serious? Are they real? Do they exist? They do exist. Okay. I've seen one. Sure. If you say so. Uh, all right, Robert and Flower Man, you got options. Uh, Rudy seems to think these are called primitive cave paintings handed down from one generation to the next, whereas Adrian's going to go with tradition. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Robert, what say you?
7: Now I'll have to say... Rudy is incorrect.
6: Uh, how you diplomatic know, of you, wow. Robert! I, I was, um, Are you an ambassador
3: or a politician wow. or that some s- guy? Because you're very wiser, slightly very wiser, crafty, and Neither careful. I'm
7: I'm, ju- I'm just married to a wonderful woman, and I've learned how to be. Oh <laughs> man!
0: <laughs> Roundy points on top of winning, uh, uh, possibly what winning a, the, the what game this giga, week. What a giga, Chad! I'm telling you, wow, Robert! You're you're batting a thousand today. Let's see if we can't get you in there for a third possible opportunity. Back to Rudy. By the way, who is still not wearing a tie? He is. A, he is without tie.
3: What does um, it mean? Yeah. What does that it's, mean? It's just like the comment. I have no Will idea he what it means. Wear a
0: tie while watching a green comment in the sky? I don't know. What does it all mean? At any rate, Rudy, could you help me? Uh, what is the highest rank in the core of the papal military service? This isn't still around, right? They don't have an army
4: anymore.
10: Yeah. Uh, right.
4: I don't know. You tell me, brother. Well, when I reestablish it,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it will
4: be known as the Elden Lords. The, really? Just as they were when we had a papal
0: military. Uh, Elden Lords? Elden Lords. Or in yeah. Scotland would say Lairds. Lairds. Lairds? Lairds. All right, so let's see that what Adrian up. says. <laughs> Adrian, could you help me? Yes, I can. What is the highest rank in the core, or as some would say, corpse of the papal military
3: service? Well, you know. That's a somewhat of a history question, you know, yes, so it is. as someone who identifies mm-hmm. as the Judson high school tenth grade uh, really? champion history uh, student of the year, <laughs> I would say that that is actually noble guard, noble guard, yes, your noble guard, all right, all right, Robert,
0: hopefully you have advanced degrees in history geologies, uh could you help me out here? Adrian says it's called the noble Guard. Rudy says the Elden Lords. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Robert, what say you? Adrian is right.
3: What? (laughs) Robert. Robert. You know the rules. You're not supposed to admit that publicly. See, Robert wanted the the benefits. He wanted to be younger, Mm -hmm. faster, stronger. Uh He has hair, full head of hair. All these things he gets. Wow. Robert, you are, in fact, right, and so is Adrian. He no longer has a check assist. It is the Elden Lords was the, no, Noble Guard. (laughs) Noble Guard. Let's go. Noble Guard, Noble Noble Guard. guard. Elden Lords is something else. (laughs) else. Robert,
0: thanks for having a laugh with us today. You played perfectly. We're very grateful to you. God bless you. God bless you, and thank you for everything. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Don't go anywhere there. We're going to put you on hold. That's going to do it for the radio side. We want to know, have you seen hale Bob Haley's comment, Are you going to look at the Green comment? What are your thoughts? Let us know in the comments when we go into the after show. We'll see you back here tomorrow. If you want to hang out, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and
1: inspired.
7: Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi
3: in Corpus Christi, Texas.
10: Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Wednesday of the first week in Ordinary Time. This Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Please join in singing our opening song, I Sing the Mighty Power of God. I sing the mighty power
1: of God that made the mountains rise. That spread the flowing seas abroad And built the lofty skies I sing the wisdom that ordained The sun to rule the day The moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey. In
7: the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
10: And with your spirit.
8: Kireleh
1: ison Christelle ison Kireleh ison Kireleh
8: let us pray attend to the pleas of your people that have made the care of the Lord we pray that they may see what must be done and gain strength to do what they have seen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
1: Amen.
9: Reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since the children share in blood and flesh, Jesus likewise shared in them, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who through fear of death had been subject to slavery all their life. Surely he did not help angels, but rather the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every way, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest before God to expiate the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested through what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. The word of the Lord.
10: Thanks be to God.
9: The Lord remembers his covenant forever.
10: The Lord remembers his covenant forever.
9: Give thanks to the Lord, invoke his name, make known among the nations his deeds, sing to him, sing his praise. Proclaim all his wondrous deeds. The Lord Lord remembers remembers
8: his covenant covenant forever. Forever.
9: Glory in his holy name. Rejoice, O hearts that seek the Lord. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek to serve him constantly.
10: The Lord Lord remembers remembers his covenant covenant forever. forever.
9: You descendants of Abraham, his servants. Sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He, the Lord, is our God. Throughout the earth his judgments prevail.
10: The Lord remembers his His covenant covenant, forever.
9: He remembers forever his covenant, which he made, binding a thousand generations, which he entered into with Abraham and by his oath to Isaac.
10: The Lord remembers remembers His his covenant forever. Alleluia,
1: Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia. Alleluia. Alleluia.
7: Alleluia. The Lord be with you.
10: And with your spirit.
7: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark.
10: Glory to you, O Lord.
7: On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also, for this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord.
10: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
7: I was working at an orphanage, and there was a, a little boy who was sulking. I said, what's wrong? He said, we're in boring time said, "Do you mean ordinary time? Yeah, boring time. And it was funny for him to make the connection, and it's possible also for us to think that way as well. Uh, The ordinary aspect of Christ is not ordinary at all. St. John Bosco had an expression, Christ makes the ordinary extraordinary and the extraordinary ordinary. The Amazing miracles, driving out demons, healing the sick, these are common things for Jesus, and they should be an understanding with us. Every Mass that we attend is a healing Mass. God is always healing. He is always saving. He is always filling with grace and mercy. There's never, never has it been known that any time that God hasn't had contact with his creatures, that he does something amazing. That's who he is. The problem is that we don't have contact with Jesus. We don't pray. We don't turn to him enough. And a lot of times, most of the problems that we have wouldn't be so big if we would just bring them to the Lord. And so the the spiritual warfare isn't so much, uh, you know, between so much between God and the devil because that's already one. It's bringing our problems to God. Exorcism is an act of worship of God's majesty. It's directed towards God. It's not directed towards the devil really in that sense. And anytime we have an experience where we need uh, spiritual warfare or we need healing, the, the main struggle is for us simply to lay it at God's feet because we know exactly what is going to happen to help us do this Jesus has given us his mother the ordinary means by which we should approach Jesus should be through our Blessed Mother because she magnifies him and to do everything through with in for by Mary is a much much greater way of doing everything through, with, in, for, by Jesus. It's a much more radical, much more potent, much more intense encounter with the living Jesus Christ. And so uh, it's a a wise thing ordinarily to pray the daily rosary, as Our, Our Lady has said in so many different apparitions, but there's so many blessings that come by it as a way of approaching Christ and as a way of preparing ourselves to meet him. And in this way, Mary disposes us magnificently for her son. She prepares us, but not only that, uh, just makes the encounter all the more extraordinary. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth the holiness of Jesus Christ. In a special way, we pray that God would raise up saints of this generation for this we pray to the Lord
10: Lord hear our prayer
7: we pray for our Holy Father all bishops and priests that they may lead the church with wisdom and courage for these we pray to the Lord
10: Lord hear our prayer
7: we pray for government leaders that they may not obstruct Christ we pray for an end to abortion same-sex unions gender confusion and human trafficking for these we pray to the Lord
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
7: We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
7: We pray for all of our beloved dead. We pray to the Lord.
10: Lord, hear our prayer.
7: Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our blessed Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
10: Please join in singing, There's a Wideness in God's Mercy.
1: There's a Wideness in God's Mercy Like the wideness of the sea, there's a kindness in his justice which is more than liberty. There is plentiful redemption. In the blood that has been shed There is joy for all the members In the sorrows of the head For the love of God is broader Then the measures of man's mind And the heart of the eternal Is most wonderfully kind If our love were but more simple We should take him at his word and our lives would be all sunshine in the sweetness of our Lord.
7: Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father.
10: May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church.
7: May your people's oblation restore them to holiness, and obtain what they devoutly entreat, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you,
10: and with your spirit.
7: Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is
10: right and just.
7: It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your Word, whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin, fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people, he stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with angels and all the saints, we declare your glory, as with one voice we acquaint
1: Sanctus! Sanctus! Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaod, pleni sunt celi Era, gloria tua. Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in
7: excelsis. rightly gives you praise, for through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly adore you, by the same Spirit graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you summoned before you in your compassionate mercy of the Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. Remember your servants, whom you've called from this world to yourself. Grant that they who are united with your Son in a death like His may also be one with Him in His resurrection, when from the earth He will raise up in the flesh those who have died and transform a lowly body after the pattern of His own glorious body. To our departed brothers and sisters too, and to all who are pleasing to you, are passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, when you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Foreseeing you, our God, as you are, we shall be like you for all the ages and praise you without end. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the
8: world, all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever.
1: Amen.
8: Reject the salutary postmoniti, and divinity situcio formati, audemus teacher. Amen, O Sen, we have sincerity, some in
7: Who said to your apostles, Peace, I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. We graciously grant her peace and unity. In accordance with your will, live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of
8: peace.
1: On your stay. Qui tolis peccata mundi miserere nobis on you stay Qui tolis peccato mundi miserere nobis on you stay Qui tolis mundi
7: With you, O Lord, is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light.
10: For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at thee spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
1: Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought And how revere this wondrous gift So far surpassing hope or thought Sweet sacra Mary's sinless heart, with which to love thee, dearest King. O with what bursts of fervent praise, thy goodness Jesus. The sword I sing sweet sacrament
8: Let us pray. Humbly we ask you, Almighty God, be graciously pleased to grant that those you renew with your sacraments may also serve with lives pleasing to you, through Christ our Lord.
1: Amen.
7: The Lord be with you. And, and, with, and
10: with your, your spirit.
7: spirit. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks
10: Thanks be to God. Please join in singing Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Praise to
1: the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh my soul, praise him for he is thy health and salvation. Join the great throng, psaltery organ and song, sounding in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, to all things so wondrously reigneth who has on wings of an eagle uplifted sustain
8: the
7: prayer to saint michael saint michael the archangel defend us in battle
6: Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the
3: Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
5: Hi, I'm Travis Wade with Property Clinic Real Estate Transformation.